the best freaking intro there is. That's the, that's the music right there that gets you going in the morning. Mike Goolsby Show, Mike Singer, and uh, Mr. Goolsby, Captain Mike. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, buddy. It's a nice fall day here. I'm looking forward to this. Coming off a nice win, another beatdown. Um, so, yeah, it's good to be here, buddy. Against a team you don't like. Yeah, they played uh, – they played it exceptionally well. I I did I didn't think the game would turn out like this, but maybe that's just my my PTSD from going 0 4 against Boston College during my time at ND. But uh I was happy to see a beatdown against yeah. a team like that, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. What have you played in snow like that, Mike? I figured you'd ask me that. Not in not in no, not not outside of high school. I think there's a high school game, a lot of high school practices that were in the snow, and my toes pay for it nowadays. Uh, got a little bit of frostbite. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I wasn't fortunate enough so that I was a little bit of envy watching that game because it does seem so fun to play. In. And that those gold helmets, Mike, those gold helmets in the snow, they just pop. It's just yeah. so fitting. Yeah. What 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 is a nice fall day like in uh, in Nebraska? Mid- in Omaha, Nebraska, today it was about 50-something degrees or it felt like 50 in the sun. Hmm. Washed the car, took the dogs in a nice walk, you know, just got it in. There you go. Yeah. Cleared my head before our show. So absolutely. Yeah. I was in the mid thirties and forties here in Atlanta today. So how about that? How, what, you poor what, thing. What, what are your, what, what are your dogs? I don't feel like I've, I, I, I've heard you talk about your Well, dogs. the one made a, a guest appearance on here once. Cash is a South African mastiff and bears like a mutt. He's like a Rhodesian Ridgeback something or other. So, yeah, yeah, man, they enjoyed it. It was a good day. Yeah, Goolsby's got a couple dogs. I got six golden retrievers. Um, and by golden retrievers, you mean cats? Yeah, I got three cats. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's get dive into the show. But of course, folks, please do uh, hit the thumbs up on this video um, and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not yet. I feel like a lot of you folks might just tune in once a week. We do have a ton of good content throughout the week as well, um, so you can check all of it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can also head to our website, blueandgold.com. Our current promotion we have going on is if you sign up today, um, it just will cost you $10, and that's access through the start of next football season. Goolsby and I have things to discuss, but we want to get into the chat and, and break down what you guys want to talk about as well. So you can drop a super chat. Um, you know, if you, if you drop a 99-cent question that I don't find interesting – you know, we might just kind of go through it quickly, but, you know, we're easily bought. Yeah, you, get, you get what you pay for, Mike. There you go. Well, very well said. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the game. What 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 stood out to you the most, Mike? Um, I, I think my, my kind of thought on this, Mike, this 44-0 win, the big picture takeaway was I think we've all seen the stat that going into the game, Notre Dame against the spread was winless when they were favored mm-hmm. by seven or more points. So it's like, oh, Notre Dame stunk against Navy in that second half, and oh, now they got this tough Boston College gritty team. They're gonna coming off of a ranked road win. They're gonna play Notre Dame close, and that's what you kind of expected. When I say you, you know, just us as a community, it's what we kind of expected, but no. I mean, it was, I mean, Boston College was awful, and Notre Dame was kind of that typical Notre Dame Beamer ball that we've seen this season. Yeah, Boston College, 
they didn't want any. Um, and they're they're a bad team this year. How good is NC State? I don't know, but they're not very good. But Notre Dame performed like it ought to against a poor team, so that was that was good to see. My big takeaway, in particular, watching the game back. I'm going to go back to the BYU game versus, uh, excuse me, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like watching that game kind of wind down, and, and in particular watching the post-game on-field kind of celebration, you know, prior to the alma mater, after the alma mater, you just saw a lot of kids smiling. And it was like a genuine sort of joy. And I talked about that like after the Clemson win, it was like it's joy in that this, this, this team is having fun. And I'm here for it. I think in years past, and I felt that as a player at Notre Dame, like there's a lot of stoicism, Mike, in that it's very serious. Um, it's very disciplined. It's very dialed in. And, and what we saw yesterday is a team can play dialed in and they can play disciplined football and they can execute in particular. But on the, at the same time, it can still be fun. Um, and then just what really jumped out to me going back to that BYU game in the Vegas atmosphere I just felt like a lot of juice and a lot of energy coming from the younger kids in the team. And as the season's kind of played out, um, that really seems to be the case. I mean, this is as flawed of a team as we are. You know, we, if we end up knocking off USC, I mean, we're going to finish as a top 10 team. But we are young. Yeah. I mean, you go across the board. I mean, every receiver is young. Your two best offensive linemen, arguably two of your top three offensive linemen, are young sophomores. Yeah, your running backs are young. Mm-hmm. Um, your tight your tight ends a stud, but behind him, young kids. I mean, your defense. There's young players all across the board. I mean, there was a time of the a point in the game yesterday. I think it was early fourth quarter. You had Jalen Sneed, Prince Collie, and Junior Tui Alamak all playing. You've got Benjamin Morrison. Young, and we got one in Benjamin Morrison. Xavier Watts showing up with a big sack in the, you know, kind of the, the celebration afterwards. I love it. I love it. And it, it gives you reason for optimism going forward. But I just really feel like the way the team plays, and I really feel like we're starting to hum. And again, there are there are there are some absolute some shortcomings, but just the youth and the excitement and the energy at which we're really play with. I mean, in a 20 degree you know, snow game, we're still out there having fun. I don't know if that just comes from youthful, like naivete, or if that's a reflection of Coach Freeman. I don't know. I don't, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I love to see it. And I think it's been um, long overdue. And it's a really interesting culture shift in that dynamic between a Coach Kelly and a Coach Freeman. Um, so, I mean, we, we could talk about a guy like Michael Mayer and how outstanding he is. And it's like, yeah, no, no, no crap. Same with Ben Morrison this week. We, we Mike, if you want to spend some time talking about Ben Morrison, Let's. I mean, we can't. He's outstanding. So I, I want you – so touch on some of these freshman, sophomores that you were very impressed with. Um, and I have your list too, Mike, so if you forget anybody, I, I can bring them up. But um, it's, how about Jalen Sneed leading the team – or tying the team in tackle? <laughs> Five, and I'm guessing that all came in the fourth quarter. And um, I'm just telling you, man, and we'll touch on Michael Mayer. Again, legend status, GOAT status. Yeah, It looks like to me, Mike, he's finally slimmed down. I did say prior to the season I hoped that he would drop a couple pounds, and it's like he actually put on weight. 
But just watching him, especially in that cold weather game, he looks so fluid and he just looks leaner. I think the first half of the season, he was more barrel chested looking. It looks like he's dropped like 10 pounds. And I would venture to guess that that's in preparation for combine workouts and things like that. You know, he could show those NFL teams. I played at 265 and I can, he's going to want to run at probably closer to 250. Um, but going back to Jalen Sneed, he's still a little bit slight. Don't care. Um, when you watch that kid deliver blows in terms of hitting people, like he'll leave his feet. I mean, he's like, an, he's like an electric player. Um, and he's hungry as hell. He's hungry as hell. He knocks out a player, knocks out that running back, gets up talking shit. I mean, this isn't garbage time. I mean, dude, that's just in that kid's DNA. Um, Junior Tui Alamaka ran ran a guy down on a toss sweep, made it look easy. So it's uh it's hard to not get like overexcited uh, and still give these kids time to continue to develop. But like the way a Jalen Sneed plays, as loose as he plays, he's almost like a rubber band. I know his nickname is like Nuke, isn't that right, Mike? Nuke. Yeah, Collie. I'm gonna start yeah, calling yeah, him yeah, like yeah. sorry, Sneed. Yeah, Collie. Yeah, I'm going to start calling him like rubber band man, dude, like T.I. back in the day. Because, like, he just snaps on contact and he plays so loose. Um, put that on a T-shirt. But rubber band man, man. I mean, he he is a dynamic, dynamic player. Um, And, yeah, I was, like, I was stoked to see him play. Kali looked good. But, yeah, I mean, Xavier Watt showed up. Obviously, Benjamin Morrison. Let's talk about Benjamin Morrison. Because it's we don't want him to fall in categorically to like this Michael Mayer where we, we just take him for granted, right? right. Um, but Benjamin Morrison, he's like he's got really good size, great length, really good speed. I think the his best quality, and it's somewhat of an intent, was just has a great feel for the game. I think on his second interception, he knows where he's at on the field. You know, they're on the 40-yard line going in. Um yeah, he's playing man coverage looking at the quarterback. Like it's it's exceptional in terms of just his overall feel for the game and the confidence at which he plays with. Great impress coverage, great footwork off the line, just been uh really, really well coached. And he's exceptional. And I just think um between he and Cam Hart and Mickey and even Clarence Lewis, it's like we got a great unit. You got a great unit. Xavier Watt showing up. We did Ramon not Henderson. No, no, and I just think. Um, you know, Houston Griffin can kind of move on and just these younger kids as they get more and more reps with, the, they've just got a little bit more ability, just raw talent. Um, the secondary has been a, a huge glaring weak spot in years prior and knock on wood, it seems like it's turned into a bit of a strength. Yeah. You know, my mom watches this show now, so I'm going to try not to curse a whole lot, but Talk about Morrison. He's got some shit to him. Mm. Like on that first pick, you know, he he backs off, he comes back up. Like he like pre-snap the guys was he's got swagger. Yeah. And to be a big time corner, I mean, of course you need the length, the speed, the football IQ, but you just need to make those split second decisions, dude. When to turn your head around, just the football feel the feel got it dude but you could sit there you could sit there like talking to young players it's like if you could just and i would say like chew on it if you could just mull this over pre-snap like the down and distance the personnel on the field 
the formation that they're in and where is the ball at on the field? Are they in the five yard line coming out or are they on the five yard line going in? If you could just sort of process a couple of those things pre-snap, it'll, it'll make you more successful. And I, I really feel like that's where you see some of that confidence coming through with Benjamin is he knows what's going on. He knows what he has, where his help is at behind him. He knows the down the distance. He knows the spacing of the receivers. Like he's way further developed for an 18 year old young kid than, than most. So that's really what makes him exceptional at this point. And that's just in addition to his length and his speed and the technique. So he's a really, really tremendous player. I know he's a quiet kid. Uh, This is what I'm told anyway, but if he can start to give some of that to his counterparts in terms of like helping teach them, you know, all ships rise with the tide that could be special. So and my interaction. Um, I'm just glad we got him. Yeah. Yeah. My interaction is super smart. Like he, uh, I think he's kind of one of those kids when, when, when he's close to you, you know, if you, if you're tight with him, he really opens up. I think that's, I think that's Ben Morrison, but I'm just speaking on limited interactions. Okay. We do have a few super chats um, to get to um, our, our DV dropped a, a five um, and then said, Watts mess must start at safety next year watts came in in that 2020 class this is his third year already which is kind of like you're talking about the young guys you throw in watts is this is this third year of course he's red shirted mm-hmm. um, yeah red shirted i'm sure he's got a COVID year somewhere it's gonna be hell to keep track of all that who has an extra COVID year for the next few sure. years um yeah i think watts i think watts and Dion colsey they're like as the season has gone on both of those young men you've seen them get more and more playing time whereas you thought maybe they were transfer risks um you know watts remember mike he's he got some reps at receiver in fall camp and it's like oh he's you know the media's like oh he's moving to um he's moving to receiver we obviously we haven't seen him play there but yeah he's looked pretty good at safety yeah and i i was one i was adamant that he wasn't going to play receiver prior to the season you know there's some depth issues obviously but he's too good of a safety. He's too physical of a kid. I don't know what his time speed is going to be um, in terms of a 40, but the kid plays the right way, plays with his hair on fire, and he's a violent kid. I mean, sure, he could be your starter. Based off the way that they played the position defensively this year, he's going to be in a rotation. Um, but, yeah, I think DJ Brown and Houston Griffin could kind of move on. And then you're just going to see a kid like a Watts, a kid like a Ramon Henderson that just have a little bit more natural ability really start to shine. Um, and what you're seeing, too, from Xavier, again, the guys, you it can't be understated, Mike, in terms of a young kid categorically to me, he's still young, but flip-flopping offense and defense for the first two years or so of your, of your college career, that's going to stunt your development at one of them, you know, the, his position as a safety. So I definitely think his arrow is pointing up and he just really closes on the ball. I don't, I like him more coming downhill and run support than I do playing center field free safety, but that's okay. Um, that's his strength. So I, between Ramon Henderson, I, I can't imagine Brendan Joseph's going to, Brandon Joseph's going to come out this year for the draft. If he does, God bless him. But I wouldn't advise them to. So between Henderson, Brandon Joseph, and Xavier Watts, you've got quite a bit of experience and just a really nice mix there. Yeah. Um, Joey, I'd probably put him in the super fan of the show, says a happy Thanksgiving. 
Uh, definitely appreciate it. You do Thanks, anything? For, you do anything fun for Thanksgiving, Mike? Yeah, we're going to Wisconsin visit some family. So, a little road trip. Can you do the show next Sunday? I don't see why not. <laughs> oh, sometimes you've traveled and you weren't able to. So I just want to make didn't sure. even yeah, didn't even think about it. But yeah, I'll be there. I'll okay. be here rather. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm going to Florida, and we'll be uh, be back sitting on the couch for the uh, Notre Dame USC game. Whereas uh, Patrick Angle and Tyler Horka will be there uh, for blue and gold. So I think that'll be really cool to have a couple staff writers out there. Um, nice. Yeah. Rick Palmer says Ben Morrison, smart player watches um, the receiver and, and turns to see where the ball is able to make those important plays and intercept. Absolutely agree with that, Rick. Um, yeah. You're, you're definitely echoing what, what Goolsby and I think um, and, and appreciate the super chat. I just saw one come in from Matt, uh, Matt L. So if you have a question, please, um, drop it as well. Mike, we usually like we're, we're super chat focused, but there, there've just been some really good quite non super chat. Jump in, man. Like, yeah. Jump in. I'm going to go into, um, thought goes, we can you give me like a minute on Jalen Sneed. If you had much thoughts on his performance, I don't think we've, we've gotten in him yet. Yeah. Jalen Sneed is super raw. Oh, no, you, you, you told him, yeah, you called him the rubber. Yeah. We, we talked about Sneed. But yeah, of course. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're live. Mike, jump in. <laughs> no, but I think Jalen Sneed is uh he's super raw. Uh uh super chatter a question. Um in high school, he played a lot of different positions. Like I think the senior, excuse me, junior year he was a defensive end. Mm -hmm. I think sophomore year he was like a safety or like linebacker. I mean, he's played all over the defense. I think he kind of yeah, – I don't, I don't know how well coached he was in, in, at the high school level. I think it was just more of like a see ball, get ball type thing. Yeah. I did talk about this after he had committed to play for the Irish. You, Mike, interviewed him at a, one of these recruiting combine deals. He's a sweetheart. Sweetheart of a kid, but he was like, man. He was like, on my visit to Notre Dame, like the coaches were – they were watching film with me. And he's like, I, you know, I understand now after this visit to Notre Dame, like he, I, I understand that there's more to football than just like athletic ability. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this kid's a five-star recruit and doesn't even understand the concept of like watching film, et cetera, et cetera. So like that just is, it gives you a glimpse of like how raw he was coming out of high school, but probably needs to put on 10, 15 pounds. I don't care about that. I don't care. Jeremiah Wusukuomoa went, got drafted like at 210 pounds do not care it's the way you move and he is a explosive kid that covers a lot of ground and he's super violent on contact and uh, i think he wants to be special you know i follow him on social media i think he wants to be a special player uh and he's hungry so yeah again another kid another young kid that whose arrow is pointing up I'm reading the YouTube chat. I, just, I the acronym BFM is being posted every three seconds. I don't know what that means. BFM. So if someone can let me know. I, I don't. I don't. I'm I, staying out of it. I know. Something. Something seems off there. There's an F in there. I don't know. Um, another comment here uh, from Joseph. I, I talked about this in the post game show, Mike. Uh, I don't know if you got to watch that. Um, but look, Angeli's already played in two games, so 
let's say he plays against Boston College. That's three. And then Pine's helmet pops off against USC. Angeli comes in. That's four. That's now four games. And then what happens? Now he plays in five games. So then Angeli burned a red shirt to hand the ball off against Boston College in a blizzard. So that's why he didn't play. Yeah, you knew this. You knew this question was going to come up about Angeli. And for Christ's sakes, you'd think he was Arch Manning sitting on the bench. Um, but I get it. But we are playing again. This team is peaking at the right time. And it's we talked about this a little bit on air before going live. The contrast between NFL and college, like yeah. college, like you got to be dialed in from day one. You got to run the table in the NFL. Who cares? As long as you make the playoffs, that's all that matters. You got to make the playoffs, and it's that's that that's that's it. So you want to be peaking towards the end of the season, in the NFL. So we almost mirror that right now. The team is playing really well at all three phases. And why why complicate that? Why muck that up at this point? You know, well, I think the argument is, well, why not just get him some game experience because if Pine goes down. I, I get that, but there's practice. Like practice is real, right? I mean, yeah. like you're going eleven on eleven. It, just the risk reward of he could burn his, and it's it's a small that would be a small chance, but it's just not it's just not important enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the the loss of a red shirt is the deciding factor on whether to play him or not. I don't know that. I mean, I don't know if, if Coach Freeman's been asked that. From a Notre Dame standpoint, they probably don't care, right? They probably don't think he's going to be there for five years. But I Steve Angeli sure as hell wants that extra year of eligibility, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and why do the fans want it? They want it because Drew has a lot of shortcomings. Because he's the backup. So, the backup's yeah. Drew was very popular when he was the backup. It's just – But, again, folks, the team know. is rolling right now. The team is rolling right now. Going into the, the second biggest game of the season behind Clemson – Let's just say Angeli goes in there and, God forbid, throws a touchdown pass to Jaden Thomas or something like that. And that's just going to derail the press conferences. It's just like, you know, I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Roy Boy says 138 likes sorted out. I completely agree. Mike, how many how many likes do you want to get to? I think we've hit like 1,000 before. So we I did get I- over 1,000. I just don't understand. I mean, if you're watching the video, hit the like button. You know, I mean, any YouTube video I watch, if somebody goes through the time to like make a video and something like I watch a lot of videos for my Land Cruiser, like, you know, DIY videos, somebody took the time out of their day to like film and post this video. I'm going to like it, there you, you know, like it. Yeah. If you're watching and you don't have a YouTube account, just make a YouTube account. It takes like two seconds. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Matt dropped a super chat. Recruiting focus, appreciate that. Would Aeneas Williams, the running back, commit because of decommitment from the speedy running back from Kansas? That's Dylan Edwards. No, I don't think that Dylan Edwards is decommitting and Aeneas Williams would be the running back in 2024. Um, so that I think those two things are separate. And would Minchie cause a tr- cause a transfer before next year? I don't know if Minchie would cause a transfer or it's just what the situation of Notre Dame's quarterback room is. You know, it's, it's that, that, that's what I think. I, I still think they should take a transfer quarterback as well as Minchie. I I'm all for 
bringing in as uh, the competition disrupts the comfortability in the off season and you know let let the best man win and if you want out leave and i think that room would gel during the season let the competition be in the off season and let the room gel in the, during the season um but yeah any thoughts mike i agree i don't know who would transfer because of minchi i mean pine's not going to go anywhere he loves notre dame i don't think angeli would go anywhere he loves notre dame uh, I don't, and I don't see, I just don't see, I don't see Buckner leaving either. Um, good question, but no, I don't see any of that happening. I just don't. The pine one, I would be interested because if he gets looked, if he gets passed up again, that'd be three years in a row, right? As the starting quarter, like it was, it was the cone Buckner show last year. This year was Buckner. And then next year, he also is not the guy. I don't know, man. I think he would go. I think this is I just yeah, it's just you. You're just being you're no, just being not. contrarian for the no, sake I of being not. contrarian. You why? don't believe that. I could you don't believe that. See it, dude, If he just had don't this wind team, me up, Mike. You're trying to wind me up. I can feel it. I, dude, I am not. You think that Drew Pine would transfer? I think it's very. You think possible. that Drew Pine, in his heart, when he lays his head on the pillow at night, do you think that he thinks he should be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame or any other I, top? I, 50 FBS school. I absolutely think so. I think he has that confidence in himself. Absolutely. I don't. You're not asking. This is not about do I think he could do that or do you think it's it, – does he think he can? And I think so. I don't think he – I don't think so. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, I don't think so. They throw a swing pass to Tyree – or excuse me, they leak him out on a swing pass and everybody else goes vertical. It is so wide open. Uh, it's, it's, you can't even put it into words. I mean, he's, he's in a, he's got a 25 yard radius around him where there's nobody in sight. Drew can't see him. I'm just telling you, Blake Fisher's whatever he is, six, six, something like that. 320, 330. He cannot see him. That that's not the conversation we're having right now. We're not. This is not the is Drew Pine a good quarterback. This is does does he think that he could go? Drew, somewhere Drew else Pine isn't going anywhere. All right. Well, I guess we'll just say I don't. I'm not saying that I. That I'm projecting it or predicting it. I just think zero chance. Well, I guess we'll see. And I think he'll. I think he'll be remembered fondly as a as a quarterback. You know, ten years down the road. Um, but no, Drew's not going anywhere. No way. He loves the school. He, he wants the degree. Get his degree for yeah, his he's not going career. anywhere. But Zero chance. He was an early enrollee, and this is his junior season. So I don't know. The only way that that might happen, Mike, I'll play along, is if Coach Reese leaves and took another college gig. Could could uh, just you know throwing some some hypotheticals out there. Could Drew follow him, perhaps? Yeah, but you think your opinion? Who is wants Drew, Drew Pine? Your opinion is that Reese would go and go to the NFL, though. Yeah. But, I mean, he could still leave and go to a college gig. He could. Yeah, yeah. but then again, so Pine is like, I don't want to play for any other offensive coordinator. He could leave because of that, too, right? But I don't know where Drew would go to. An Ivy League school? You know? As far as a grad transfer? I don't know. Don't know. Um, BFM is Benjamin effing Morrison. That's awesome. Mm. There you go. That'd make a good t-shirt. Buddy Tyler Horka just said, I could see 
Tyler Hork is watching our blue and gold beat writer said I could see Drew. Oh, actually, I'm not going to read this because I don't know if Tyler wants me to read it on air. So, Tyler, you can let me know if you want that to be read on air. Um, okay, let's go through these super chats. Um, I ain't afraid of no ghosts, says Mike. Uh, what were your season win loss projection? Let's say we went out nine and three. So, like the same, the regular season, I, I said 10 and two. Um, and uh, I am just can't believe that we're actually going to get close to that potentially. <laughs> Why? You, what makes you say you that, Mike? Up? What makes you say you can't believe that we're actually going to get because close? our Wednesday show with Tim Hyde early in the season or through the middle, we, we were, always did a segment. Oh, on Tim like, thought we were going six and six after that. Our after updated that loss. Yeah. win loss projection was like seven and five because, dude, I, I we did a um. A, uh, a ceiling floor thing, and I said I think ceiling is I don't know what I said eleven and one, and I said floor seven and five, and got roasted. Mike, how could you say seven and five? Well, at the time, it was very possible. But uh, so yeah, I just did not. Yeah, but why? That. Why did you think? I well, they were three and three. I want specifics. Yeah, but why three and three with okay, Syracuse on the road, Clemson at home? That easily could have been two losses. USC could have been a third loss to be six and six. So, yeah. So the fact that we have a jockey playing quarterback for us, that didn't factor into your your shock that we could actually get close to 10 and two. I just wonder why. Every every unit on the every unit on the field is playing really, really well. You know, so it's like that's where you look back in hindsight, you're like, man, if if only. We had somebody maybe else, you know, pulling the trigger offensively. I didn't have a preseason prediction. Um, nobody ever asked me. I don't even get asked for my score predictions. But uh, on this, I just don't. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a game-by-game game guy. But I would think that the way that this season's wound up, if it's 9-3, and three, I, I'd like to see us win a bowl game. Um, I, I, I think we'll play really, really well against USC win a bowl game and I think this season is it would be kind of remarkable specifically because what you have at the quarterback position or what you don't have I think it's it's a remarkable season Roger the amount of points that we've been putting up go ahead what they put up 30 more than 35 in three straight games yeah it's never been done all things considered it's pretty remarkable yeah beamer ball Roger says, love Goolsby takes on Pine. Yeah, uh, confirmation bias. That's all it is. Thanks, Roger. Appreciate it. I'm running out of jokes. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Tyler, this USC game is going to be. 
Tyler, do what you want to join the show? Tyler Horkish keeps texting me. Yeah, Tyler does a great job. You know, Tyler was almost going to stay at the crib when uh, ND made it to the uh, the World Series. Horka, if you want to join the show, man, you can you can you can pop on, man. Just let me know. Okay, um, let's see. There was somewhere else we were going to go next. Oh, any questions about USC? Oh, go ahead. Yes, Mike. sorry, that is next. But I know where we're we're going next with the show. We're going to an ad, beautiful. Look which at that. is. Barb Stevenson. Folks, if you are looking for that perfect Notre Dame, if you're looking for that, excuse me, that perfect gift for the Notre Dame fan in your life, or potentially even yourself, look no for, further than the beautiful artwork of Barb Stevenson. She lives near the University of Notre Dame and always has been inspired to create pen and inks of the iconic buildings throughout the campus. Um, in fact, she has even been commissioned by the University of Notre Dame many times to create artwork of those classic buildings to give as special gifts. And now she has a selection of four Notre Dame limited edition pen and ink prints she is offering to our listeners here at Blue and Gold. What makes each pen and ink so unique and one of a kind is the hand-painted metallic gold she applies to each one. They are simply stunning. Visit her website at barbstevenson.com to purchase or call 574 574- Two one zero eight three eight eight. Order now and receive free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. Order today, and um, it's B A R B. So that's Barb Stevenson. Is spelled S T E P H E N S O N dot com. Um, so yes, please do um, go to Christmas.com. Christmas will be here before you know it. So Notre Dame fan, I say stocking stuffer, ten dollar subscription to blue and gold and maybe for the uh the main dish the main course one of barb's pieces not bad not a bad christmas yeah then you throw in augie's locker room which is fantastic we, we all love some rogue shop i mean it's it's yeah it's just great speak Andy for yourself Nathan, mike. Appreciate super chat what's that mike i said speak for yourself about rogue shop and what you're talking about uh okay uh, let's see what else we have here. Andrew Gilmore says Foskey had a great game, great Notre Dame career. What is your I love it. level in this guy, in the guys who – so let's uh, – good stuff because we also had – um, I had saved this from – oh, from the same guy. Andrew saying talking about the young guys replacing Foskey. So let's first talk about Foskey with his 25 career sacks, passing one of your former teammates for the uh, all-time career Notre Dame sack record. Um Mike, yeah, just comment on uh, Mr. Foskey. Yeah, this is fun. I'm, I'm glad uh, that Andrew brought this up. It was in my notes. So, yes, I did play with Tuck. And Tuck came in as a true freshman. And I can remember the first time I met him. We were in the, the dorms during training camp. So, And Tuck could correct me on this. But Tuck showed up, uh, Mr. Basketball in, in uh, Alabama. He's from Kellyton, Alabama very small town shows up as two, 218 pound true freshman outside linebacker very quickly they moved him to defensive end and i swear that tuck when tuck went into the league he was 272 so he put on you know 50 plus pounds and was still you know lean just ripped up uh tuck was a true defensive end as he kind of grew into his body and had a hell of a nfl career and almost won a super bowl mvp for the Giants, he's um, Foskey to me is more of an outside linebacker than he is a defensive end. Much a lot narrower player, 
Jason Garrett's talking a lot about during the broadcast, speed to power, speed to power in terms of his approach as a pass rusher. He doesn't show a lot of pass rush, like acumen in terms of hand play moves, you know, pass rush moves. He's just like a great athlete, um, played with a high motor the last kind of two thirds of the season. Um, and he's been a great player. And I think that he'll, I really do hope, I pray that he plays himself into the first round um, because that's what we need to, to recruit. I, I've said this on the show before, Mike. I think that's really what resonates with, with high school kids, high-level high school kids is first-round picks. You could say to a high school kid, Notre Dame has the most or the second most active players out of any school in the NFL right now, but it's not a fifth-round pick that plays for seven years doesn't resonate with a high school kid. They want to see the first-rounders, and I think Isaiah – I think he'll run really, really well. He should be like a high four or five guy. Um, I think he'll be a he'll, he'll work out crazy. Be a first round pick. That's important. Great career. Um, and I I still think that he's a little raw just in terms of like you don't see a lot of hand play as a pass rusher, and that'll get developed as he moves on to the NFL. His replacement, Mike, is probably Batello. I think Burnham's behind him. Yeah. Yep. Um, Nana and Osito Aquenu, we don't see much of. I, I know Nana's played a good bit here and there, uh, but this is so. This is all just DNs here. Actually, this is not specifically Vipers. Aiden Gobira, Josh Burnham. I they're gonna go to the port. They have to. There's not much Viper depth here. I mean, Keon Keeley legitimately could have been like a day one instant impact guy in terms of playing like thirty, like 20 snaps a game. Uh, there's just not a lot of depth at weak side end. Thank goodness Burnham moved to there. I mean, seriously, it's just not. Right. Yeah, let's let's keep – let's stay on this. So I'm rooting for Patello. I just am. And I think it was the – maybe it was against – yeah, Navy, he got a little bit of run after the pump block. And I'm telling you, Jordan has some moves in his bag. Like he's been working on it. Aiden, Aiden Gobaera has a lot of pass rush moves. He's he's long and lean, but he's I looked him up last night. He's 200, he's listed at 241 pounds. Not a small kid at his height, and he's got another summer to continue, offseason to continue to develop. Uh, I think Aiden's got a lot of natural um ability and i think that he's put in the, the the practice i mean we talked about that him coming out of high school he's a polished pass rusher at this stage in his career burnham is a weird fit for me at, at viper i know physically he he looks the part mike you and i've talked about this before i mean the kid's got to have like a 29 inch waist and he's like 200 the guy looks incredible he looks like a superhero in, in person I always thought that Josh would be a natural fit at tight end, just having played the quarterback position. He was a quarterback inside linebacker in high school. Now we're moving him to defensive end. I just thought with his athleticism and kind of understanding of a passing game that he'd be a really, really nice fit at tight end. But I'll trust the coaches um, putting him at Viper. But just with those names alone, they're young, but it's Aiden, Burnham, and Botello. I mean, I don't know how much depth you need, Mike. And a kid like Botello, too, and I could be wrong, but like if he's if he is the guy, I think a kid like that will play with more confidence. 
You know, he's yeah. not really worried about getting yanked or getting rotated out or making a mistake. He's been in the program long enough. I think um, I'm excited for Patello's future. Yeah. And on our scholarship chart that I pulled up, Patello was listed at Rover. He, I mean, he was, I think that's originally where he was listed. Uh, but yeah. He's been at and all year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, super chats. All right, we're gonna go. We're gonna go a little bit rapid fire. Eric says Pine helps Reese calling run plays and not throwing the ball fifty times like in the Fiesta Bowl. Obviously, don't mind Pine with this team. <sighs> Goolsby might. We shall move along. Um, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Would you switch either or both Marshall, Stanford, those two losses for Clemson, USC? Would it affect how you feel about the season? One more time. One second. I'll 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 give my thoughts while you read it, Mike. For, for me, I, you talked about this season. It's a flawed team. The highs are high. The lows are lows. I think it's been fun and exciting. I would take this season, what we've had with those wins and losses, rather than the uh, they just kind of beat who they beat and they lose to who they, you know they lose to the good teams and just kind of that typical. Oh, it's no different than Brian Kelly. Uh, I'm enjoying. Um. I, I, I've enjoyed this season. Um, mm-hmm. It's been entertaining, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change those losses. Yeah, I think we talked about that on the last show, Mike. I mean, in hindsight, you look back; it's a, it's been a fun season. It's yeah. been a flawed team. They've gotten consistently better. There's been some ebbs and flows. Uh, but yeah, no question, the 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 marquee wins against the Clemson and hopefully upcoming against SC. I would happily beat those teams in exchange for a couple crappy losses. There's no doubt. And it, m- most importantly, Mike, because of recruiting. Yeah. Of course, Notre Dame has – this would be if Notre Dame beats USC. I should make it uh, clear. Um, and well, then think, we, we have had yeah, a few super chats. What's the game plan to shut down USC? Play them like Clemson. Um, Susan asks, um, what's your score prediction for USC? Um, what, what, what do you think, Mike? Um, I, I also know, um, you know, you wanted to talk about kind of the juxtaposition of that night game in the Rose Bowl. Wait, no, where was that game played? USC, UCLA. Why am I having a brain fart? Well, whatever. The, the I watched weather. it. I watched, I watched the first quarter. I couldn't even tell you where it was played. I think it was played at UCLA. Yeah, it was yeah. played at the Rose yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so you got that game versus, you know, Notre Dame, Boston College, um, in, in the snow. So, uh, yeah, Mike, what do, you, what do you think here? Yeah, you've got all these, like, West Coast pretty boys, like, playing in, in the beautiful Pasadena, California. Meanwhile, like, we're slugging it out in 20-degree winds and – or 20-mile-per-hour you know, 20 20 winds, 20-degree 20, 20 weather, uh, snowstorm. So I think for our kids going on the road, it's going to be like a little mini vacation coming into the Coliseum, playing on that short – I mean, that grass is like a putting green. Um, I think, I think they're gonna, I think the kids are going to be excited, but it really was fun to just see like, geez. And I don't think Jack Collinsworth this did us any favors. Like, Oh, this is a typical afternoon in South Bend. You know, if any recruits are watching, it's like, Hey Jack, zip it, dude. Um, <laughs> it's not that bad, but, uh, yeah, score prediction. So USC kind of had a barn burner against UCLA 38, 35 Notre Dame beats the shit out of Boston college playing confident, having fun. I'd predict Notre Dame to win. I mean, off the top of my head, 
you'd probably say like, yeah, like a 35, 28 type game. I just don't think, I mean, if we bring our physical brand of football, USC doesn't want that. I think Caleb Williams is an exceptional quarterback, just a really gifted, and he can make some plays and some throws that'll make your jaw drop. But it's a complete contrast of styles. Yep. Um, And, you know, if Benjamin Morrison hadn't been playing so well, that would be my main concern. It's like, we'll test him. Bring Jordan Atkinson against Benjamin Morrison. He's been tested all year. Bring it. Our front four is playing well. I think Notre Dame will win. And I think it's uh, just that physical brand of football. If Reese can kind of stay out of his own way, continue to pound the rock, I think we win. I think we win by a touchdown. If USC loads the box and takes away the run and Notre Dame can't throw the ball, it's going to be a long night. And I, be a long night. I also think Notre Dame is going to need a big player too again, defense, special teams, like Beamer ball. Like Notre Dame is going to need to play that. Um, so, so yeah, that's it. Notre Dame has to play Beamer ball. I, well, I just, yeah, I mean, if USC has some great players, they've got a the defensive end number 49. Don't ask me his name. He's supposed to be a top, you know, top pick in the draft. Well, we got Joe Walton, we got Blake Fisher, so we can kind of hopefully nullify that. You got Jordan Atkinson at receiver. We got Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart, who's a, been a, a really good player um, for us, really consistent player this year. So I just think our running game, their their best running back, Travis Dye, who's a transfer from uh, Oregon, he got hurt last week, so they're kind of breaking in a new r- running back. I just – I, I, I like I like us in this game. Yeah. I think I do too. I think I do too. Right. Yeah, I, I just think it's I think we've been home for a long time, you know, kind of out on the east coast. I just think that we'll we'll get up for this game. I know our fans will travel well. It should be a, a really fun environment. And I think the kids will continue to to play with, with joy and go execute. Yeah, for sure. Um <laughs> um I just got a message from a uh um from a uh someone who who wants to know about something specific. Someone who's watching our show right now. How about the Mitchapalooza package for uh Mitchell Evans? We have not I don't think we've talked about that. You know, Mitchell Evans playing quarterback and then you know those QB our little QB tight end sneaks and then even handed one off. Um, so, uh, commenter, appreciate the the question, but yeah, Mike, what do you have, have you, you know, got much thoughts on this? Mitch is interesting because I remember his uh, called him, you know, coined him Big Mitch. Watching his high school footage, mm-hmm. I was kind of a fan of his. Much better athlete. He's kind of leaned out. Much better yeah. athlete. Uh, and I heard during the broadcast that they said he's the fastest tight end that they have in terms of straight line speed. I did hear that during a broadcast. Hmm. Um, I swear, I swear, I heard that, but uh. Yeah, it's fun, and I think that you're going to continue to build off of it at, at the right time, kind of going into an SC, so we've got a wrinkle off of the, the Mitch package. Kevin asked, can Evans throw the ball? He played high school quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's not bad either as a senior. Yeah. He can also punt it, so I don't know. They sp- yeah, there's just more wrinkles in terms of like this game, a lot more 21 personnel. We had three backs in the game at one point, so it's mm-hmm. like we're doing – the identity of the offense, again, if we can just stay in that groove, is is just power running game. But you're we're coming at it from a lot of different looks. 
I'm such a fan of Jaden Thomas, by the way. Like Dude. he's gotten, he's like stunned. that's an NFL kid. That's an I'm NFL kid. Stunned at how good he is so fast. Every time you look, they show Jaden on the bench, what's he doing? Grinning ear to ear. I'm telling you, these kids are having fun out there. I, I don't know. I can't. I can't talk about it enough. But yeah, Jaden's blocking his ass off. He's like a Mitch mismatch type of guy. So he's going to end up being, if he's, what did we say he was, 6'1", 6'2", like 215. He'll end up being a 6'2", 230-pound jack-of-all-trades for us. Uh, yeah. Um, you have a very good memory, Mike. You always are recalling. You know, I mean, you just remember the nickname you gave Mitch Evans from two years ago. Same class as Jaden Thomas, Styles, Colsey, and – it was supposed to be Colsey was the or uh, Styles was the guy. Mm-hmm. We his name got called once. It was like that uh, jet sweep, and then I think Col- he had two catches, but yeah, two touches rather, two touches. Sorry, uh, Styles. Yeah, like twenty-seven yards. Yeah, Styles Colsey. I think he's kind of had a renaissance this season. Talked about that earlier. Like he's getting more playing time. Pine's best friend on third down at times. And then Thomas was, I thought, honestly, I thought he was going to move to safety. Like, I just, like, it just. Such a bad take. You're insane, dude. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Little shit. Um, I thought he was going to move to safety. Okay. I really did. I like this. I like some of the safety tape. It's just a strange, but Mike, he is, dude. He's got some shit to him as well. Yeah, he's, like a, he's a he's a physical kid, and I think Coach Reese has done a, a really good job of figuring out ways to kind of keep him close to the ball. Um, but yeah, he's not a double move type guy. But yeah, he's he's good, and even even good. It was good to see Lorenzo Styles find some success too. You're going to need him if we have to score points in the USC game. You're going to need him. It was nice to see him kind of get hopefully start to get if if confidence is an issue get his feet back underneath him and find some some success this season so it was it was good yeah all right we've got to see a few more super chats um patrick craig michael g and hank we'll, we'll get you guys um i did want to before i forget this filter kovic instagram post um mike let's let's uh you know keep it like oh somewhere yeah. between- Somewhere between PG thirteen and rated R, I, I, you know, this was just so strange. The timing of it, like, dude, you've already said your piece. Like, what are you doing for folks listening on podcast? We we do love you, by the way. I I have it up. What he posted on the screen, we're not going to read through it. But Mike, it's just very weird. Like, dude, you're you're injured. You're not playing in this game. Like, what what are you trying to do? You had to have known Notre Dame was going to destroy your team, too. It's just very strange. Very strange. Very petty. Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange, and I don't have anything bad to say about Phil. I thought he was a great quarterback. Or, you know, could have been a really good quarterback. And, like, you transferred, which we've talked about on this show. Sometimes it's harder to leave than it is to stay. Um, but, yeah, it's a strange take, and I feel bad for the guy, dude. It's almost like somebody got out of, like, a um, – like your girl left you, Phil. It's been two years. Like it's time to move on. Yeah, you know. Like I know it sucked and like whatever, but now you you sound like a weirdo, bro. Um, you sound like a weirdo. So like, I part of me feels bad for Phil 
and he looks like a clown. And I just think that in hindsight, this is one of those things where it's like, what was I thinking? You know, and then to try and inject yourself into a game that you're not playing in and stuff, it's just, and then like, you know, I think, I think Phil Dracovic's probably got some NFL traits in terms of arm strength, size, what have you, like not a good look like this, this type of shit isn't going to serve you when it comes to NFL prognosticators and, you know, GMs and scouts and all that. It's just a really bad look, dude. And I feel bad for him. I do. Yeah. I mean, would you rather have a, would you rather have Pine or Jerkovich? I'd rather have Phil. <laughs> of course. I'm going to make a long Instagram post about it later. <laughs> I look forward to it. Uh, Patrick said, any bold predictions for Notre Dame? I think what I had been seeing people talking on our message board was that I was trending towards the Holiday Bowl on the 28th. It's in San Diego. Or if Notre Dame beats USC, there's a, a decent shot at the Gator Bowl. This was that in Jacksonville. I don't remember the date off the top of my head, but. Um, both would kind of be like letdowns after, you know, if Notre Dame beats USC, right? Like if the Irish beat USC and then they go play in the Gator Bowl, it's going to be like, oh, man, we should be playing in a you know, New Year's Six Bowl, but is what it is. Any any thoughts, Mike? I, I, I somewhat disagree that it would be disappointing. And that's the interesting part about being like a Notre Dame fan. We all agree. I think we all agreed going into this season, even even with Tyler under center, that we weren't a national championship team this year. We're building towards that. You're breaking in a new head coach. Recruiting is on the uptick. We weren't a national championship team this season. I think what we the, the season that we've had has been remarkable. And yes, I, I think yeah. I said the same thing last year. So it's like I wouldn't look at it as a disappointment. I want to go play a a, a, a good team and. I want to uh, I want to play a brand name team in a bowl game and I want to beat the shit out of them. That's what I want. If it's a New Year's 6 game versus a Holiday Bowl versus a Gator Bowl, who gives a shit? There's it's the national championship or bust. To me, it's the playoff or bust. You're just it's just degrees of like, oh, this is a slightly better bowl game. It's all the same crap. Just go win. That, that's how I look at it as a player. I think it would just kind of help get the monkey off the back of Notre Dame not winning a major bowl game in so long. For sure. That's all. For sure. And you but. get a whole – I mean, the, the whole other month of practice, um, all of that stuff is, is huge. But you got to play – let's play a marquee team that maybe we compete against in the recruiting trail, and let's beat the brakes off of them. That's yeah, what I want. It would be very disappointing if it was like a Iowa State in a crap bowl, you know, like something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure, Mike. Yeah, we're saying the same thing. I totally agree. Craig says, I think Minchie comes to Notre Dame because he can beat Pine and Buckner out for the starting job unless we get a stud quarterback in the transfer portal. Be a lot to ask of Minchie to start as a true freshman, but stranger things has happened for sure. So any thoughts, Mike? I don't know if you've followed Minchie much or – no, I've seen the film. I've seen the film. He looked like a Dante Moore light. They, I mean, they they resemble one another. I think yeah. he's Minchie's a, a another smaller guy. He's kind of got a big bottom, bigger, thicker bottom half. Yep. I'd say he's he's more stoutly built than a Tyler is. Uh, a I'm saying that Minchie is has a, like a a thicker bottom half than Tyler. I don't know Buckner's pretty it's pretty built too but 
Tyler's also been in the college weight room for two years, and we're looking at a junior in high school. So you could project, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, none of these things are none of these kids are finished products, but yeah, he's got that kind of new age arm that you look for where they can throw. Yeah. But I've seen I've seen Tyler do it too. So that's it would be a good competition. Um, I'm still rooting for Tyler, but I'm glad that we got Manchi because some of those traits that he has. You know, being able to throw off a back foot, throw off platform, throw around guys. I mean, that's just what you need nowadays at the at the football, excuse me, at the quarterback position. Yeah. Minji hasn't committed yet, but it seems fairly um, likely at this point. Michael said, uh, he dropped a super chat and then said, Mike, I got to meet you. And I'm just going to guess he means you, Mr. Goolsby, and not me. I got to meet you at a tailgate at the Rose Bowl when Notre Dame played UCLA. Love your honesty and insight. Do you think Notre Dame has the perimeter speed on defense to, to stay with USC this year? Yes. Yeah, I do. I think if you can – I think getting to Caleb Williams will probably be the most important aspect for us defensively. I mean, they're going to get some catches. That's fine. I don't, I don't see them being able to run the ball with a great deal of success. Going back when I was talking, one of the first things we talked about on this show, Mike, is how I'm probably a little bit emotionally scarred from my experience in losing to BC four years in a row as a player. I think there's a degree of that when it comes to SC and the Notre Dame fan base. Like we think of SC and we think of Matt Liner, Carson Palmer, Reggie Bush, you name it. I just think that's what we think. That's not USC yet. I mean, give Lincoln Riley another few years and there might be some room for concern. But I think um, when you look at like a roster top to bottom, I would say that we probably have better athletes, if not equal athletes. And this is going off of what I saw with my own eyes being on the field at the Clemson game. We looked the part. Um, and then last thing about getting to their quarterback, Foskey's a smart dude. Like I think Foskey knows when to turn it on. Um, so if like, if a guy like Foskey might sit out a bowl game and there's, he's a candidate for that. Right. And that's his decision. And I wish him well either way, but Foskey could probably put some money in his pocket going after this USC quarterback in the same way that us, like <laughs> Notre Dame's won like uh, USC quarterbacks. We love to give USC players the Heisman. Yeah, they, they play well against us, traditionally speaking, at the end of the year. I think, like, Foskey can do that. So I would really expect Foskey to have a big game and put some money in his pocket. All right, very well. Hank says, a uh, recruiting question here, with Keon, with Notre Dame losing out on Keon, any elite rushers in the upcoming class, 23 or 24, how would you rate the D-line development? Um, like I said, I think they're going to go the portal, but knowing Notre Dame and this aggressive recruiting staff, if they – if I, they're they're keeping their eye out on some vipers. Um, even if like the plan right now is to just skip it and go to the portal, if someone pops into their lap, decommits from other school, like they will definitely go that route. Um, but rating the D line development, you have to be a little bit more specific than that. Um, any any take on that, Mike? Well, my take on Keon Keeley. I am, I totally understand the the ranking, but in terms of him being elite, I don't know if he was like elite. I mean, he looks the part. He's a beautiful athlete. Like if you were to to design a defensive end in a lab, they'd look a lot like 
I'm sorry. Yeah, they look a lot like Keeley, but he plays hard. Excuse me. He plays high rather. Um, like the, the film wasn't like anything where it's like makes your jaw drop in terms of like, like there's stuff that Jalen Sneed does on film, regardless of his size or his frame or whatever. Like, holy smokes. You didn't see that with Keeley, but I get it just because he's 6'6", he's 250 or whatever long arms. Like I see it, but I don't think he was elite categorically based off of the production in the film. Uh, but D-line development, none of these guys, I think, I think Al Washington's strength as a coach, a lot of it is in that recruiting department. So I, I think once Coach Washington gets some of his guys, but I think the, uh, the, that'll, that development will increase. But I don't think the D-line's played – bad at all i think uh gabe rubio has come on yeah. back half of the season jason anya hell jason anya got in the game and he was like a three-star kid mm-hmm. so uh yeah howard cross has played his balls off i mean i think we get some bigger bodies in there that coach washington will bring in that could become an elite position group for us defensively and i I know we we're, we're recruiting a bunch of them. It seems like every other kid that we got committed is a, is a defensive lineman on the defensive side of the ball, yep. at least. No, folks, please do hit the thumbs up um, if you are just joining us here and you have not done so, and uh, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. We're going to go for a few more minutes um, as we finish up all these super chats. Bernie did say earlier, "Is Goolsby still growing, or did he buy an even smaller tiny house?" Goolsby, um, you look like you hit the gym today, man. I did hit the gym today. Okay, okay. I could tell. John says, let's put Evans at quarterback. Who knows? Perfect. I have some eligibility. Throw me out there, too. <laughs> do appreciate the super chat, uh, Mr. Monty. Um, and another month, DeMont, Mr. Food Lover, says, seeing how big Mitch Evan is with quarterback experience, could we have used him in more passing plays? I guess the answer, maybe. The, yeah, the answer is yes. Anything is possible, dude. Kevin Garnett. Uh, anything is possible. But, uh, yeah, I mean, might you see like a jump pass from a, a Mitch Evans? Sure. I mean, you're starting to see some wrinkles, and he's comfortable doing it. So, yeah, you, you, could, do, you could do anything. But, no, I don't see, <laughs> I don't see Mitch – coming out as our starting quarterback well, anytime he, soon. Like I said, he, he was like a second-team All-Ohio punter. No one's like, hey, should we put him at punter? I was like, hey. well, no, well, yeah, wait till next week's show. Yeah. John Sotts shanks one, and then you're going to hear all about it. I don't think a lot of people <laughs> knew that, Mike, about that. We, we're, we're being smart asses. We do appreciate the support, though, guys. Um, Matt says, with no elite Viper, with no elite Viper, Keon leaving the classical Notre Dame switch to a 3-4 defense to get more of these elite young linebackers on the field. I think that would be um, quite a hard overreaction to not getting one player. I would agree, but to play along with the question, yes, you could play in a 3-4. That should never be your base defense at a college level just because they run the ball too much. And you have to have the body types to play in a 3-4, Matt. Like, you need a 320-pound-plus nose. You need 280-pound-plus defensive ends. You need 260-pound outside linebackers. Um and then based off of what we've seen, Matt, last thing, playing in a 3-4, and I played in one in Dallas, um, you have to pe- – like guards are uncovered, so they roll off on you. So you have to hat and hands them you have, and shed a block. 
our linebackers, our interior linebackers, haven't shown a propensity to shed blocks playing in a 4-3 where they're actually covered up. So that might look even worse in a 3-4. So I don't see it happening. But situationally, third down or something like that, you could make, sprinkle it in. Yeah, I, th- I feel like they played a lot of three-man fronts last year. Maybe it's faced out a little bit more. Yeah, they did. But that remember the, so they would they would put Foskey in the box as an inside linebacker. And they would play in a three-man front, but he's talking about a three-four as a base defense. Yeah, yeah. Just a quick trip down memory lane. I know this is not a great photo, but there's there's Mike Gooseby. Why'd you pull that up? Uh, someone had a comment about you picking off Carson Palmer. Oh yeah, he threw it right to me. So there he is. Keith Look. Jackson said as much too. Remember Keith Jackson? Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson, yeah, like the guy Carson who- threw Carson threw it right to me, and Keith Jackson was like, "Oh, my grandmother could have picked that." It's like, is there a bigger USC homer out there than Keith Jackson? R.I.P. If he, I don't want to speak ill of the dad. Yeah, he was I the guy with Boomer, still- right? Did NFL countdown? No, 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 no. Mike, no. you're so young. No, Keith Jackson, rumbling, bumbling. You know, Keith Jackson. He was like the voice of college football for years and years and years. I think he might have passed on, so I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but he was definitely an SC homer. Yeah, I died in If you listen back to Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. Hey, what do you what, I'm I'm sorry. I don't remember. Calm down. Um Love Goolsby's no nonsense takes refreshing knowing you're hearing what someone really thinks. Thanks, guys. I will say, I will say, as much as I love it too, what you're also saying there is that me and, it's like me and Tim Hyde aren't. No, it's interesting, Mike. Listen, I get on here and I say shit that I know people are not going to like, and I don't really care. So I'm just going to tell you what I think. I do appreciate the five spot though, but damn. (laughs) <laughs> no it's interesting because i watch you and tim and you're a lot spicier with tim than you are with me you're you're a lot more boisterous in terms of like it just depends yeah. on the topic yeah that's fair listen you guys calm down with your keith jackson there you go whoa nelly that's oh. it joey yeah oh well nelly keith jackson yeah sure sure well that'd be like you you covering you know, pop music and not knowing who Michael Jackson was, right? I okay. mean, so you can't cover okay. college football and not know who Keith right. Jackson is. All right, boomers, calm down. It's time for your bedtime. Everybody calm down in the chat. <laughs> Jesus. No, but it's true. Your generation, like, you know, I, I again, work with these high school kids. You'll work with a safety big. Remember when Steve Atwater hit Christian Okoye and they're like, I don't know who Steve Atwater is. And it's like, how could you not? How could you play the position what, and not know who Steve Atwater is? What do you is? want them to do? Go back in time? No, I want them to become fans of the game. You know? Anyways, you got any more Super Chats? I only have one other note that we didn't touch on, Michael. Yeah, go through it. I think the college officiating across the board, and this isn't just exclusive to Notre Dame, college officiating is bad this year. You know, the Navy game, we had a seven-and-a-half-minute delay while they cleaned something up. This year, they had to go back to the to the replay booth. You watch a lot of these games, man. Officiating's bad. Michi- uh, the Michigan-Illinois game, it was uh, criminally bad. 
so I just I hope that we can like stuff like that like it, it, it raises like a little bit of a red flag if you give a Pac-12 officiating crew in this this USC game it's like man just clean it up do better officials do better that's all I had to say um yeah all, all in good fun i did keith jackson w- worked for abc sports from 1966 to 2006 i was in sixth grade so calm down dude okay. sixth grade sixth grade mike is peak that i know sports, all the announcers peak sports fandom is, is sixth grader you're like what that, 10 11 12 years old that i know all the announcers names come on <laughs> well anyway you know what? I don't know which mic he's agreeing with. I'm just going to say it's me. So appreciate it, DV. All right. That's all. That's all we got. That was fun, Mike. Fun show. Hit um, that like, hit that thumbs up, would you? Yeah. Please do. Please do. All right. We'll be back next Sunday with the uh, Mike Goolsby show. Um, likely in our seven, uh, our same 7 p.m. Eastern time slot. Um, head over to bloomandgold.com for all. Notre Dame's going to win, Mike. We're going to win. From your lips to God's ears. Appreciate you all. Amen. We'll catch you guys next time. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.